Welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm 90 The Fan. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Wim Lu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, rocking the villa kit once again with the Blue Jays hat and uh, this denim shirt. I feel like you got dressed quickly this morning. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's always a quick run to the office to hang out with you. What's going on? Still called the Raptors Show? We should rename the show in the offseason or something. What do you want to rename it, man? Just, you know, Alex and Will talk about anything for an hour. That's not bad. We got big plans in the offseason. You know, we're going to review a bunch of movies. Giannis got a new movie coming out on Disney. Yeah, you're really excited for us to go podcast exclusive for a while. Yes. In the summertime, because then you're less worried about how it sounds. I don't have to look at the clock. You don't have to look at the clock. We're going to answer a Twitter question. So Will has It's promised- not going to be 50 minutes every single episode yeah it'll be four hours it'll be four hours will will has promised the first time we do twitter questions in the off season we're going to answer every question so i'm holding you to that within reason i mean what do you mean within reason no there's some you know there's a there's some off top there's some off limit topics okay but nothing's off limit when it's pot only plus you've been watching a lot of 90s basketball by the way we've got we've got james herbert joining us in the second segment we're going to be drafting our all-time favorite nba finals moments and Maybe in the offseason, you can watch some of these 90s teams, you know, the Sonics, the Knicks, the Heat, the Pacers, and then maybe we can do some pods about that too. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's a I, lot of work. I've been really enjoying back. it. Like, yeah. this is a, this is the thing for me. It's like when basketball, like, stops being played, like, daily, right? Yeah. Now, like, in the finals, the games are once every, like, three days. Yeah, it's a little dessert every three days. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I, I would like to turn on my television and see that the finals are happening, but it really rarely happens. It's fine. You get to wait a long time, marinate in the losses. You know, you got to wait for media to travel. You know, obviously the game can't start until Brian Windhorst gets in the building with, right, right. you know, Tim Bontemps or whatever. But yeah, like... Swagoo and Perk. Yeah. I don't know who that person is, by the way, Swagoo. <laughs> Mark Spears. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's Mark Spears oh, okay. and right. Kendrick I, I might Perkins. check that out, actually. I like Mark Spears. Yeah, you need to keep up with American uh, media, man. We got we to gotta get them for votes next season, too. Uh, Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, In any case... Um, yeah, so when there is no actual, like, live basketball happening, I fill that time by going on YouTube, and there's lots of great channels on there that have, like, highlight compilations from, like, the 90s. Honestly, like, it's just, I, I just like watching all kinds of basketball. I'm trying to become more informed about it, because obviously, oh, okay. you know, I'm I'm newer to the game, you know, started watching in, like, 2004, 2005 range, right. which, honestly, the basketball at that time, low quality, but... Yeah, I've been trying to tell you, 90s basketball, a lot yeah. better than today, but we don't, you know. Anyway. I sound like the old guy. No, I, I, I kind of see your point because every game does feel, like, really close, and there is a lot of one-on-one scoring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, it is interesting to me. Like, I, I feel like you see a lot less, like, one-on-one crap nowadays. Like, nowadays, it's like um, you get trapped and how quickly you get the ball out of the double team, swing it to the corner, and someone hits the three over a contest, mm-hmm. which is exciting, but also at the is same it? time. Um, I could see why an old head like you would really, yeah. really want to see some more one-on-one basket uh, ball. But we got some. Uh, honestly, like last night's game was pretty good. Like you can't. I mean, I know that it was a blowout. I, I'm, by the way, I'm sick of people saying that like every blowout is means the game wasn't close. No, no the that finals game was have, very close for a long time. It was like the finals have been fun. The, yeah, exactly. The finals for, have been fun. It's been two blowouts, but they have been fun. There is a difference I mean, between the blowouts blow- from the last three weeks. I mean, a blowout to me nowadays is like. 
like Suns versus Mavericks game seven. That's a blowout to me. <laughs> yeah, what happened there? Did we ever get to the <laughs> bottom of that? A 64-win team lost by 50 points at home. Imagine <laughs> if that happened to the Raptors. Like, we would be dissecting that for like two months. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Chris Paul... Did his thing. Devin Booker couldn't handle a double team. No, but no what one else on that team they could make a play. Aiden quit on the team. Or, or I guess the team also quit on Aiden. It's internal. It's internal. Yeah. It's internal. Now there's reports that he's not going to come back. It's like, okay, whatever. No, but that's, that's a lot they, happened. They there. lost by 50. But yes, there's a big difference between those blowouts. The first two games, you know, the first game was close mm-hmm. until, you know, midway through the fourth quarter. And last night, the Warriors went on their third quarter run again. Yeah, very impressive. And this time, Boston didn't have a response. Um, we're definitely going to talk about Draymond's unhinged behavior. Oh, yeah. From I from the it. game. But I, I, I kind of want to just highlight the Warriors' defense. You know, I feel like I, probably a victim of this too, always look at them as uh, an offensive team, mm-hmm. you know, led by Steph Curry. But thinking back about last night's game, I mean, their defense was incredible, especially in that third quarter. And that's what won them the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a couple standouts. Obviously, number one, their defense starts and ends with Draymond Green, um, and he. I think he really set the tone. Um, I also <laughs> oh, think did he the, set the tone? I think the officiating also <laughs> set the tone a little bit because it felt like the Celtics got off to a really great start. Yep, Jalen Brown was scoring at will. I was messaging you that was going to be a sweep. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> relax. Um, but I don't know. There was like a period in that first half where it just felt like nothing the Celtics would do would result in them getting the call. Now. The final, like, tally, like, the Celtics actually ended up shooting more free throws than uh, the Warriors. Maybe some of that was in the fourth quarter. And to be honest, like, there was a bit of a blowout towards the end, so I didn't really fully watch one. You know, and by the way, the Celtics really have a very interesting third unit. Can we talk about that? Who, it, Aaron Neesmith, Sam Hauser? I, I just, when the guys check in, I'm like, everybody here has the same haircut as somebody from Mad Men. Right. Like, it looks right, like right, Sterling right. Cooper, Draper, Price in there. Oh, man. damn. All right. <laughs> like, damn. It's like Sam Hauser, Nick Stauskas, Peyton Pritchard comes in. I'm like, okay, all right. When, when's Peggy Olsen coming in as well? But um, in any case, uh, yeah, before that, um, it, it did feel like it, there was a stretch there in the first, especially in the first period, uh, where it felt like, okay, the Celtics are just not going to get any calls here. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think sometimes when we kind of complain about this stuff, like, I also, at the same time, I don't want to focus so much about the calls because... I also just want to see, like, really competitive basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, uh, you know, to our discussion about, like, the 90s and whatever and, and, and even the early 2000s, like, that era was, like, really physical play. Like, mm-hmm. you really had to do a lot to get that foul call, right? And you let the game sort of happen. If they want to play hard, there's a lot of contact in the paint. I'm cool with allowing that. And I thought, this, uh, the, you know, the Warriors played it with a sense of desperation. I thought it was sort of top down as well. Not obviously Draymond, you knew he was going to set the tone, but you also saw <laughs> You've Steph- said setting the tone twice. Let's just let's just be clear. First possession of the game, yeah. He like tries to rip the ball from Al Horford and forces a jump ball. Yeah. And then he's barking at every single player throughout the game. Yeah. Like you can go down the list of the Celtics players. Like he got into a scuffle with Tatum, mm-hmm. with Smart. Yep. There was the Jalen Brown one. So he picked up a technical and then I think it was in the second quarter when he just the thing with Draymond when he's unhinged and out of control, he just lets his limbs fly, right? Like oh, his yeah. limbs, like like he fell on Jalen Brown on a three pointer, and he just like I rested mean, to be his fair, legs Jaylen on Brown his head. Also kicked him in the leg on the way down. I'm sorry, yes. that wasn't even a three point foul for yes. me. But Draymond is a master because there's a weird thing in the NBA where you're actually allowed to play way more aggressive after you've picked up your first technical. Yeah. It's yeah. it's strange. Like it shouldn't be that way, but that's how it works. I mean, here's the thing. This is why you got to be a real Aston Villa fan because you right. got to be able to watch soccer. Because when a player has the yellow card, yeah, 
um, you can pretty much do whatever. It's the same kind of deal because the officials okay. don't want to be the ones to say, hey, you're out of the game. Uh, to yeah. be honest, would you be happy if Draymond was out of that game yesterday? No, I really, I thought he added to the competitiveness of the game, to the entertainment factor of the game, to the sure. intensity of the game. It was great. Like, I, I want him to stay. If he got kicked out of the game because him and Jalen Brown, like, just like pushing each other's legs apart. Okay, like, come thing, on. You can't love 90s basketball and then be crying for a tech there. I'm not crying for it, but I just love that he punked the Celtics, but he also punked the refs. Because yeah. he was basically telling the refs that you're not going to make these calls. You're not going to call yeah. the second tech. So I'm going to push it. And he knows in the finals environment, like, mm. it's going to take a lot. Like, he literally probably would have had to throw in a punch at midcourt to get tossed yesterday. I mean, he did kick Stephen <laughs> Adams in the nuts. And then he, who was he? He's <laughs> he calling was, Grant Williams a bozo. Like, he was just oh, man. out of control Draymond yesterday. versus Grant, Grant Williams was just an incredible oh, storyline of just, like, two people who are objectively, like, very hard to like. Right. <laughs> or not, not not hard to like. They're just not likable. <laughs> they play smart, but they also play annoying. Like, they They're play an annoying, annoying yeah. brand of basketball. And then so you saw, like, right away when Grant Williams checked in off the bench, um, there was a play where Draymond just come up to set the screen and Grant Williams trying to get denied position and right. you know, whatever. And Draymond just, like, swims under him, right. then, like, arm bars him on the way down, then falls on him. <laughs> and they're like, Grant Williams blocking foul. And there I'm was like, also like, one play when the Warriors were on offense and Draymond just shoved three guys while he was trying to set a pick for Steph. Yo, I was sorry, worried. Man. I was worried because... <laughs> I, kinda, I, kinda, actually, I really do like Draymond. No, I'm but sorry. The, the unhinged behavior, that was out of control yesterday. But you know what? They won the game. Yeah, that's he had a much mean. better game, and yeah. there it is. There it is. Draymond I mean, is a, Draymond was the main character yesterday somehow. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny because it's there was a lot of storylines, right? Steph was amazing as always. Yeah, but by the way, Steph has like sixty three points in seventy minutes now in the in the finals. Yeah, I that's feel like unbelievable. I, I'm on the side now of Steph being really underappreciated. Yeah, I feel like we always find a way to talk about somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like I agree. we recap game one on on Friday. I don't think we even mentioned. Like, we briefly mentioned Steph's 21-point first quarter. Yeah, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah he hit six threes right. in one quarter. It was and no and here deal, we though. are talking about Draymond, yeah. who put up, like, a 9, 5, and 7. I well, mean, he played well, but, like, Steph won them the game. There's lots of conversations about Jordan Poole, which, by the way, Jordan Poole was having one of the worst first halves I've oh, ever seen. Man. Man. Why, okay, why can't Jordan Poole... Why, okay, why does he insist on not taking the extra step and then just going to shoot the quick layup, the scoop layup? Because he got blocked on that twice, at least. Right. And I'm like... But you have a step on your man. If you just took one more step and got it to the rim and put it on the glass, at least they can't even block you at that point. Yeah. I don't know. Why is the signature move just like, oh, I'm going to take one step less and then stretch the rest of the way? Like, Honestly, I, I know Poole had those couple threes. And obviously the oh, signature. No, I mean, hey, listen, that wasn't just a couple three of threes, man. From inside half court. Show some Mike Breen get better soon. Really want to hear that Mike Breen bang when he, when he hit that to end the third quarter. But but did you like Mark Jackson saying... Uh, Mama, there goes that man. No, he said Jordan jumped into that pool or something. And oh, I'm like, bro, my God. you could have. It was right there for you. Mm. Jordan pool from the deep end. Oh yeah, okay. easy. This easy money right there from the ends. Yeah. No, okay. okay. All right. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm what, trying what, to go. What, what are you, man? Relax. <laughs> but, know yourself, please. There's Continue. gonna yeah. be no cap. There's gonna be a game in this series. Either Jordan Poole's gonna win or lose a game for the Warriors. He already has done both. <laughs> no, but like no game one, he was so bad. No, but and then this game, uh, the first half, I was like, it's 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 gotten even worse. Yeah. I'm really worried about it because those minutes are so important. Yeah, when yeah. he checks in, and usually Steph is is off the floor, and they need him. And I don't know if I can trust him. No, I, I, I don't trust him. I do him. not trust him in Boston. <laughs> I actively don't trust yeah. him. Because, like, I think he's struggling a little bit against ball like uh, ball pressure. Like, mm -hmm. uh, he, whether when it's smart against him, he really gets mauled. 
Mm-hmm. When it's Peyton Pritchard, I think sometimes it really even disrupts his rhythm a lot. Um, and, of course, everyone else is a big wing, so that's gonna, there's going to be some issues there. Um, but, you know, Poole is very explosive. And the thing is, like, you just need somebody to step up besides Steph. Like, yeah. if Draymond can play that level of defense... And that brand of defense. Uh, sorry, I admire Draymond because that's also how I approach athletics. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, Wiggins is like pretty solid every game. Like he's not going to yeah. – Wiggins not going to score 35 points and like single-handedly win you the game like that, right? But you know but what you're going to get from him. You know Good what defense. you're going to get from him. Honestly, he, he probably almost had a 20-point game once again yesterday if he just didn't miss like 18 different layups. I don't know what was going on with the Warriors Oh, in the first yeah, that half. was a problem. I think they were really spooked about the Celtics' length and Rob Williams and all that stuff. And eventually, second half, they're like, okay – it's it's okay. Like Rob Williams, first off, it seemed like he hurt his leg again. He's just been really on and off, nonstop throughout the whole playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they can play him heavy minutes, like moving forward. No, he's just, he's he's just not leg. moving. Period. Yeah. Um, but like, I guess they were still getting blocked a couple more times. Derek White had a pretty good defensive game, but um, yeah, once they kind of figure that out, they were okay. But seriously, though, Steph just needs like one guy to step up with him offensively. And in the past, it's like, okay, you got Clay right there. Yeah, four for 19 yesterday. Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's really tough seeing it's, this. Because we've seen this like so many times now throughout the playoffs. Like, yeah. this is not the first time we've seen Clay, and you're like, what's Clay doing? Like, at once a series, especially in that Memphis series, it really stood out to me. I'm like, damn, they really need something from Clay. And he's just like, anytime he touches the ball, he's like, I'm going to shoot the shot. I'm Clay Thompson. And it's like, I mean, I have no doubt that Clay's gonna like go off and win them one he's game. Gonna, in this he's series. gonna have one good game, but like, it needs. Can it not be more than that? Otherwise, can he not just take every single shot that touches his hand? Because that to me, I'm like, because he, he's taking like not only is he struggling to come back, and I think Assad pointed this out on Twitter is just like his legs are so jelly he can't really jump, he can't really get lift into a shot, something like that. Right? Defensively, he's not as effective as he was before. But like, can he just not take difficult shots? Like turn around, like post up. Long twos. I mean, I know he could hit those. The former Clay could hit those. Even maybe even the current day can hit sure. those. But like at the same time, I I don't know, man. I just it's tough seeing him out there in the man, in garbage shots, time. Huh? Garbage time in the fourth quarter too. Left him out there, Steve Kerr. Yeah, to try to get him going. And it never really even happened, man. Him, he was like no. Sam Hauser. I can't score. On <laughs> He's man. You know what? It's 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 funny you mentioned like Steph needing guys to step up. Yeah. Like it's it is time to look at this Warriors team a little differently. Like I feel like for them to win this series, at least yesterday they proved that they can win this type of game. Like they can win a game with their defense, mm-hmm. and I think that'll yeah. be really important on the road. And it's no longer like this stacked superstar team where you know who the five best players are going to be. And it's really Steph and the role players. Like listen, Clay Clay is better than your average role player. Wiggins as well, Draymond. But like Steph is the only star on this team. Like, That's, the only superstar on this team. Yeah. And there's a lot of question marks after that. It kind of feels a little bit like that, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is surprisingly closer to Celtics versus Heat rather than what yeah. you would normally expect from Celtics. But I think the Warriors. Warriors can win those type of games, which yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I mean, a couple of things I thought was positive for them. Um, they got I, – I think Otto Porter has just been really nice in all of his minutes. Plus 24 and 15 minutes yesterday. So, unfortunately, he's on a minutes restriction. Although, I've never heard of a minutes restriction Wait, in the finals. He's on a minutes restriction? Bro, it's the finals. Man. If you need more than 15 minutes from Otto Porter at some point, Steve Kerr, just go ahead and do that, okay? Because it feels like he's he's good on the corner he, He's good on the corner threes. He's got some size on the wing, yep. which I think is going to be really important, obviously, against Boston. All they have is big wings. Um, but he's just played his role well. I thought Wiggins has played his role well. Um, that's when the two of them play together, I think it works. I think Gary Payton coming back. That was huge for them. At the start of it, because there was that play where he tried to go up, 
and they called a phantom foul on Jalen Brown where um, Gary Payton just, like, jumped up and tried to finish with his left hand. Which yeah, there was, is no, one that there was no contact. He broke the elbow on, right? Yeah. So he missed the layup, and then he missed the two free throws, I think, as well, afterwards. He did, yeah. And he was, like, really down on himself. But over the course of the game, he started playing really well. I think there's a defensive element to him that really works, although I think he's better at playing against guards that drive rather than against um, players who want to rise up and shoot because as much as he is pesky defensively, um, Tatum is 6'8", 6'9", right. and he is like 6'1", 6'2", at best. Jason Tatum, minus 36 mm. last night. Worst mm. plus minus by any player in a finals game. Are you in, gonna, in the play-by-play era. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah. Are, since are, are they you, started having, having commentators. Since since you became a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can, can we also uh, highlight Jason Tatum when he struggles? I feel like, I just feel like we're... A, lo- a large part of the media is trying so hard to make Jason Tatum a top 10 player. Mm. It's like just just he's okay if he's a top 20 player. You know, he's I, okay I, if he's Paul George. I love your I love your Jason Tatum agenda so much, it's man. It's not an agenda. I just read stats every game. I mean, you know? what does, did he shoot it, in game 1? 3 it, of 17? It did feel but like then an people agenda. wanted to focus on his 13 assists. Of course he's going to pass if he's struggling. Um, what? No, I'm just no, saying. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying it is does feel like an agenda because to take viewers behind the scenes and listeners behind the scenes, um, there was like I forget like two Fridays ago. We were oh, out, the super fresh conversation. Super fresh, you know, right? Opener, great, great event. Again, shout out to Super Fresh. We shouted out like 50 times now, but yeah, they, they deserve it. Honestly, um, shout out to Bellissimos, but yeah, uh, we'll see after tomorrow, uh, tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. but during that game, it was game six. Um, against Milwaukee Celtics versus Bucks it was yeah. an elimination scenario and the starting that you're like yo nah Jason Tatum's not it he's Paul George with sideburns there's no way man there's no way he's not that guy he's not and that then guy at the end of the night I told you like hey um, so Celtics won and Jason Tatum had like 46 points and you're like he's still not that guy for me so <laughs> I've no, seen, I, I respect it man. I've seen Paul George put up 46 I've seen Paul George shoot three, shoot three of 17 I'm sure Paul George had 13 assists when he when he shot three of 17. Oh also, like God. all this stuff, like he's he was wearing Kobe Bryant, like a <laughs> Lakers armband in Game Seven. Yeah, what's wrong with against that? Against Miami, and then there was this photo circulating. Hey, what do you, you think of him texting Kobe? Oh my God, let the man rest in peace, man. Had he never texted Kobe before? Because that's the first text. Honestly, that stuff does really bother me. It's just let the man rest in peace. Like, do not create content mm. off Kobe. But anyway, so we'll keep it a basketball conversation. All I'm saying is, you know, damn. I don't know. Jalen Brown struggled yesterday. Five of seventeen. He said after the game that Draymond was trying to pull his pants down as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> pull his shorts the, the clip down. is out there. That that was on the play where that they, they, they should have gotten the double text or whatever. <laughs> on you know they were like Zach back Zarba's like yo I can't I cannot give this man a second tech. No, <laughs> Zach Zarba's like yo this is my moment. Zach Zarba came to a fork in the road and he went straight. <laughs> He was like, I'm not going to be the main character, man. We're going to let Draymond play yeah, Draymond on. was, they were like kind of kicking each other, pushing each other and stuff. And then Draymond while he was on the ground because um, Brown got up first and stood over him. <laughs> Draymond's like, yeah, boom. And then he pantsed him a little bit. So basically Draymond can get oh, I away. I love basketball, man. They can get away with anything unless it's against LeBron. Okay, hold if, on. If it's LeBron, then Adam Silver might step in. Yeah, well, I mean, also LeBron's intentionally stepped over Draymond. And Draymond, like, hit him, you know. Yeah. In, we'll in the, in the we'll relitig- litigate that in the offseason. No, we don't, man. We already content. did that, man. That Marcus, was like... Marcus Smart, two points. Mm-hmm. Al Horford, finals MVP, front runner coming in, two points. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you feel like, because when I was watching the Heat series, you know, the whole time, 
I was like, okay, the Celtics are the better team, right? Like the Celtics are yeah, the better yeah. team. Yeah. How is it going to seven games? I, if I was a Celtics fan, I'd be so frustrated because I feel like every time they lose, it's because they have a bunch of turnovers. Yeah, they take a lot of dumb shots, and every every loss just feels very self inflicted. No, if it's very predictable with these guys, it's 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 funny because like the only thing that was strange about this game was that they shot so poorly from two point range. Like they actually shot forty point five percent from three in this game. Right. So on the series now, they've shot exceptionally so far in two games from three. Mm-hmm. The difference between game one and game two is that the Celtics couldn't shoot and make any two-pointers. And I think that's partly because of the lack of whistles at the start of the game, um, but also, more importantly, just the Warriors are playing great defense. Even Steph Curry was playing defense, man. I've yeah, seen, I've seen I saw Steph player. Curry defensive highlights, and I was like, okay, this is actually genuinely impressive to me. It's not a surprise. We've seen it throughout the playoffs. We've seen it throughout the season as well. But um, he was he was doing a good job defensively. And I think the part, other part is just like, I mean, you know, as much as we're, we're kind of like making fun of Draymond, all of, honestly, Draymond's a very hilarious person to talk about. <laughs> it's not even making fun. It's just yeah, what did, he does is funny. Did he drop his podcast yet? I need to oh, hear he, the he one did, today. Yeah, man. he did. Yeah, oh, he, he man, did. I can't wait. Um, but uh, I, I need his own thoughts on on why he decided to pants Jalen Brown. But um, he was also right, man. He said after game one, right? He's like, oh, what? Um, Derek White, Marcus Smart, now Horford shot 15 of 23 from three. And that's not going to happen again. And this next game, Smart has two. Horford has two, and Derek White had 12 off the bench, but he shot 413. Yeah, I don't so, want to give like, Draymond all the credit because if if Smart, White, and Horford shot 15 of 23 again yesterday, he would have just gone to the podium and said, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> that's that's the only thing Draymond yeah, will say. Right. You know what? Actually, again, tying everything back to the Raptors, like because uh, this is the Raptors show. Oh, you're trying to think of when they were up to when the Raptors went up 2-1 in the finals? Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, we're going to win the next one. Yeah. And the next one. And then we're going to win the championship in six. And then he's like, good times ahead. And then yeah. it was good times ahead. No, Some, but somebody uh, here might have uh, smoked a cigar in, in, in Oakland and really enjoyed it. Damn. No, I appreciate, appreciate Draymond for the content, though. Oh, are yeah. you kidding me? No one is giving you more content than Draymond. First off, he's literally giving you content. <laughs> <laughs> this guy yeah, is... he's, he's plotting his podcast rundown during the game. Yeah, man. Man. He's creating content for himself nah, he's a, during he's, the he's, game. You know how you're the producer and like, you put the topics in here? <laughs> yeah, he he's does He's the all. producer of not just like the game and the results. He produces his own podcast. And he, <laughs> you think he does stuff in the game and he's like, I'm going to intentionally do something so that later on I have something to talk about. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. There's this there's this clip uh, running around. Maybe I'll pull it later this week yeah. when Steph was on Draymond's podcast. And Draymond was basically saying, you know, you know, the things that we did together, like we couldn't have done it without each each other. And Steph's just kind of looking at him like, yeah, I think I could have done this. No, no, no. Relax. No, Draymond is like an all-time like he player. Is. Like, all he, jokes he's aside. on that like all jokes level aside. of like all jokes aside. It's essential. Essential. See that see that one wide open three though that he clanked? Bro, like, I was so excited for the roof to come off. The, the Chase Center, the roof is actually going to open like the Sky yeah. Dome if he hits a three. Again, like it goes back to our discussion Rogers last week of the yeah. hits different rankings in the finals. The three-point hits difference rankings. Draymond's number he one. He hits the underside of the rim. Like on, on like the jump, <laughs> the jumper's coming downwards and it hits the underside of the rim. Yeah. But like, you know what? He does everything else. And honestly, he also... I also just like that he's antagonizing the Celtics. You know that I'm very anti-Celtics. Well, I'm surprised so, uh, I'm surprised the Celtics let them let him get under their skin like that. I'm not surprised. Have you seen the Celtics? They kind of uh, get flustered a little bit. I just thought the Celtics were more composure. Was, it was Kyle Lowry doing this. But yeah, but what's Kyle Lowry doing, man? Crawling between Peyton Pritchard's legs? I'm surprised he didn't do that. He probably could have tried. But, By the way, there's no finals games this weekend. So it's Wednesday, game three. Okay. Friday, game four. I just think it's egregious to not 
have a finals game on a weekend. I agree. It's, I agree because there's not that much to watch on on television. I'm not going to be watching. The, <laughs> no, it's just a general. I, I, no, I'm serious. I'm like watching UEFA Conference League. Man, it, yeah. it's it's also terrible soccer. You need to get out of sports. They're, they're really tired. Let the soccer players rest. But the last thing about this yeah, game is um, the interaction between Draymond Green and Grant Williams, right? Which was shared by SportsCenter, where Grant Williams and and Draymond were were chatting it back and forth, right? Dray, as we mentioned, Draymond was looking at you know. Just start a fight with anybody, basically. And, yeah. and Grant Williams like, me, I love fighting. Okay, I love being <laughs> He annoying. also loves Draymond, by the way. So, right, he, and so then Draymond was like, you're, you're not me. You're not me. Right. You can never be me. Yeah. I, oh, man, that's, <laughs> I love that. This is game two, man. I love Do you that. think Draymond's going to come out like this again in game three? I'm not, I don't know, know if you can pull this every game. I wouldn't be surprised if Grant Williams joined him on the podcast. At certain points, and they discuss this. <laughs> During the series. Yeah. They should do it after a No, game. listen, players having podcasts is incredible content for me. You understand? Like, it's, it's, I, I, I love I'm on it. the fence about it. Yo, Draymond's out here doing slander pods. I know, I'm on the fence Yo, about it. It's, 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 it's really fun. But in any case, yeah, I just love that moment. Because it does remind me of, and a lot of people brought this up, but the moment where uh, Joakim Noah right. and Kevin Garnett, where Joakim was like, you know, growing up in, you know, I guess... New York City, but also France at times. You know, who knows, man? So he was, you know, growing up, he's like, I want to be a basketball player. And he was like, I always looked up to Kevin Garnett. Like, I had a poster of him on my wall. And then first game, he plays KG, and, like, he's like, KG hits a turnaround jumper on him. And, and Joe Kim's like, oh, man, great shot, man. I've seen you do that so many times. And then, and then I can't say what KG said right. to him on radio, but he basically told him, like, I don't like you at all, man. You just oh, stop man. talking to me. No, my favorite Draymond moment was when he told Paul Pierce that they don't love you like that. Yeah. Like during his, they're like, you're not, they're not throwing a retirement tour for you. Okay. So, so before we go to break after two games tied one, one, Yeah, you know, who, who you feel, who do you feel better? I have like no after I- watching the two teams? I have no idea because I thought the Celtics were going to win game two just based on how they started the game, but then they literally couldn't finish it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Warriors are going to win game one because they were in control for most of the game. Well, not even control, but like ahead and, and doing yeah. well for most of the game. 1-1 one, one seems right. 1-1 one, one seems right. 1-1 one, one seems right. I think I'm still going to stick with Warriors in seven. I think it's going to be a longer series. Okay. And honestly, I think Adam Silver, if he needs to put on the pinstripes himself, he will make sure that this will go to game seven. So I- <laughs> we need Silver to come out of the tunnel with Scott Foster. Yeah. And Kane Fitzgerald for game seven. That'd be fun. The Warriors have won a road game in like every single playoff series in, in the Steve Kerr era. Yeah. The Celtics haven't lost two in a row in months. So those are... I would, love to, I, would love to see around. I would love to see it. I don't know. What about you? You said Warriors in five, so I guess it's still possible. Yeah, Warriors in five. You're still sticking with that. Boston's right? going to throw away three straight games. We'll see what Jason Tatum does. Okay. Yeah. Do you Horrible think, finals. Do so you think if, if if he shoots like this two more games and they're yeah. down 3-1 yeah. and he shows up without sideburns, Oh. he just shaves the sideburns, Oh, would you pick him at that point? Yeah, then I would pick the Celtics okay. to, to win the rest of the way. I'm just saying, uh, I might I might tweet out uh, Pascal's first two finals games versus uh, Jason Tatum's you know first what? two finals games. The last thing I would say, Raptor fans are like, we got to stop doing this. <laughs> Making everything about the Raptors? No, it's just, no, it's just, we. you know how ridiculous we sound sometimes? We're like, oh, yo, oh, oh. Tatum, he, he like he won that game. He had 13 assists, but he shot poorly. Well, guess what? Pascal shot great in game one of the finals. And I'm like, no, great tweet. Send me that tweet. Let me retweet it. Look, yeah. it, it I'm not going to tell. I mean, it was it was Pascal <laughs> Propaganda, who, an account I very much like. And Shout out to Pascal enjoy. Propaganda. Great yeah. tweet. Yes, but also yeah. like, come on, man. What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, can we just watch the game at some points? I'm not saying I don't do it either. I, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to acknowledge that this is a behavior that afflicts all of us. Right. And we do it a little bit too much. But anyway, we're going to take a spot. Uh, we're going to take a break right here. 
I'm your host, Will Lou. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. When we come back, we are going to draft all-time NBA Finals moments. I can't wait. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, William Lou. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. And, uh, yeah, we are going to do another draft on the Raptor Show. Whenever you hear a draft on the Raptor Show, you know that the content is a little bit sparse. Uh, and, anyway, we always have a... Oh, finally. Yes. Someone who's not slacking, producer Derek Brandale. Yes, and to, to bring in our, our draft expert, uh, James Herbert. Yeah, James CBS Herbert Sports. of CBS Sports. James, how, doing, James? how are you, man? I am doing great. I can't believe I'm a draft expert now. Yeah, yeah you're we, Jonathan Giovanni. Yeah, but, we mean that very loosely. But of don't, NBA don't, moments. Don't take it to heart. <laughs> yeah. We just say things on here. Um, so we are drafting. Let me have this. Favorite NBA Finals moments. And, and the one rule... Are, are we banning the 2019 Raptors championship run or can Hell we draft no. from it? Okay, so so we <laughs> can draft from exclusively there. from oh this. Oh my god, please expand <laughs> your knowledge of no. basketball. <laughs> the one rule is you have to draft moments that you actually like saw. So like I don't like I don't want to like no 1960s stuff, I guess for me. Like like NBA finals moments that you experience. Some is that is that okay for you, Will? No. Nah. <laughs> okay. No, I'm breaking the rules. Mind. No, because you know what okay. I realized actually. So okay, that's my rule. Then. Here's the thing: okay. I started watching basketball, like I said earlier in the show, 2004. <laughs> I remember the finals that year. Yeah. Um, it was the Pistons. It was versus the Lakers. Right. It was Rob Thomas. This is how a heart breaks was the mm. theme song for the playoffs that year. Okay. I wow. think TNT still had the finals at that point. And Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, that was the final. But then I was like thinking forward, and I'm like, I'm gonna pick 15 moments from like the. 20 some odd finals I've seen and I'm like it wasn't it wasn't 15 moments so I know I gotta I gotta dig deep okay okay I'm breaking the rules so that's the only rule for myself and and James as a guest you don't have any rules well you were there when George Mikan won his first championship that's enough you're you're good man that's enough um so let's get to it as always the guest goes first winners go five rounds so James Herbert you're on the clock with your first pick in the NBA finals all-time favorite moments draft I feel like I have to pick the Jordan shot from 1998. I don't feel like I actually have a choice in in the matter. Like mm. that is one of the greatest moments in NBA basketball history. I did actually experience it and I grew up a total Jordan stan. Um so I was ecstatic when that went in. I had no doubt that it was going to go in. I think the steal that preceded the shot was just as good as the shot people forget itself or at least people forget almost as good as the shot itself. Um and you know, it's just one of those things that it's like you cannot possibly write something like that without it seeming corny. But it actually happened. Like that—that that is the the best way you could possibly end a career. It's a shame that that's not actually when his career ended. Um, but everybody seems content to pretend that it is because the moment was that cool. Yeah, no, I think that's a great first overall pick. Anything you have to add to that moment, William? Uh, from my research. Uh, <laughs> Because I was uh, still in China and unaware of what basketball was at this point. Uh, 1998, 45 points, man. Yeah. 45 points. And not only did he get the In an era where teams scored like 80. Yeah. So, no, he literally had half the team's points. Um, 
even before that strip on on, on Carmelo, where it, it, I don't know, they, I guess they tried to set a screen and got a mismatch. Or, were they trying to setting a screen like a cross screen to get Michael Jordan miss like switched on to Carmelo? Because that doesn't even seem like a good idea. But the, the screen happens, and then Michael with the very, very smart play to linger on the play because he doesn't actually leave with his guy, and Malone with this back-to-the-basket strips him. I know I'm telling you this as if, like, I was there and you weren't. I mean, you were there and I wasn't. So, anyway, I, it, I enjoyed watching the highlights of this <laughs> an hour ago. Uh, for my first pick, I'm very happy this is made it here. Obviously, I mean, that that is the all-time moment. Um, but I'm going to go with Ray Allen's corner three mm. off the rebound for Chris Bosh, 2013. Game six, the ropes were out famously. You could see it on the replay. If, honestly, Ray Allen took one more step backwards, he probably would have tripped into the first row. That's how much the ropes were out. Okay. Um, Yeah, LeBron had pulled up for three. He missed it. Chris Bosh with the rebound. Obviously, the the big controversy in hindsight, why did Greg Popovich take Tim Duncan out? Because you could have potentially boxed out and got the rebound. I I think his argument would be you need to prevent the three. You need as much mobility out there. Forces overtime. People forget it forced overtime. It didn't win the game. It didn't win the series. Um, but the Heat went on to win, and then they went on to win um, Game 7? Yeah, they won Game yeah. 7. It was that also, was a, game 7 was also very close. People forget way. that was yeah. a close game. This is the people forget draft, yeah. by the way. There we go. <laughs> so my pick, I'm also going to go with the 98 finals between the Bulls and the Jazz. Uh, Dennis Rodman missing practice and then showing up during the finals on WCW, Monday Night Nitro, okay. as part of the <laughs> NWO. Uh, people, people forget that at the time Rodman had joined the New World Order and was slated to be in a pay-per-view where he was going to wrestle against Carl Malone. And this took place after the 98 finals, like a month or two after. I believe the pay-per-view was Bash at the Beach. And there's this great, I should have pulled this clip, but there's this great uh, clip from Bob Costas who was calling the finals. And after Rodman had missed practice and showed up, like he was so disgusted, he went on like a five-minute monologue about just how bad wrestling is. Mm. Uh, and, you know, Bob Costas is wrong because uh, 90s wrestling is amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's my first pick. Um, yeah, my only question about this is, so you're, you're telling me the first half of the show, you're complaining about Draymond on <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Draymond of his era is literally missing practice to go wrestle. Once again, this is why radio should not nah, be you daily. Have a, you have a 90s bias. Man. This, this this is, is, no, you're, you've submitted yourself as a Charles Barkley of the Raptors show. Yeah, Continue, Jason, Jason Tatum was like Judd Bushler. Um, James what? Herbert with the second pick, <laughs> all-time NBA Finals moments. You're on the clock. Okay, I feel like since I made the big obvious choice for the best moment in my first pick, I can just get as weird as I want from mm. here on out. It's favorite moments, right? Yep. So I'm going to go with the 2011 finals, the J.J. Barea takeover. This yes. was insane. Like, you think about what Fred Van Vliet did in 2019. Like, J.J. Barea did the Fred Van Vliet thing before Fred Van Vliet did. Uh, the series completely changed when um, Carlisle put him in the starting lineup in game four. And then game five was really the game where he just destroyed Miami, like roasted Mike Bibby, who was somehow starting oh, yeah. for that finals team, even though he was super old and couldn't really move uh, roasted Joel Anthony, who was also somehow starting um, for that final. <laughs> so happens team. When you have three um, max guys. <laughs> that team was a little top heavy, man. Yeah. And to be clear, like Joel Anthony, at the time, like he was a big part of what they did on defense. Like he moved defensively, but like they just were not ready for he JJ Maria launching defensively. These Anyways, go go he on. Moved. Jibs. They Goodness. trapped the they trapped ball handlers. They made people uncomfortable. They forced a ton of turnovers. It was not happening against JJ Brea. Um, he 
just dominated uh, that that game, game, game five. He had 17 points, made four of his five three-pointers. Some of those were like tough, contested ones off the dribble. He didn't just roast Bibby. Like he gave Mario Chalmers buckets. Like you can go watch and go back and watch these highlights. The Heat just looked so confused. They did not know what to do. He was great again in game six. And it, it was just the kind of thing where... Um, that was why people were saying that Carlisle outcoached Spolstra in that series was because of that move in the starting lineup. And Berea, the Berea Nowitzki pick and roll is just legendary. And, you know, you see him at the time, you'd see him turn into a superstar every time, like, you know, he played for Puerto Rico in the summer. This was like that version of Berea on the biggest stage imaginable. And oh, by the way, like LeBron is missing mid-range jumpers. Yep over him on the other end. Mm. And he drew a charge against LeBron because he was just moving his feet and then flopping, just pestering everybody on the perimeter. Like th- this was a genuinely legendary performance from JJ Brea. Yeah. 2011 was very fun. I actually have some other moments from 2011 on this, on my list, on my rundown, but I'm not going to get to that right now because with my next pick, I mean, like if I'm going to be honest, man, LeBron's chase down block 2016 game seven, like, you know, for the ones that I've experienced, that mm-hmm. is still, like, the top game for me. Like, that game was so back and forth, and it was, like, neither team could really score for, like, a five-minute period there. Steph really could barely get a shot off. You know, Clay couldn't get separation. It was, like, Harrison Barnes was missing corner threes nonstop. Draymond was actually having a great game. Draymond, I think he had, like, 35 yeah, in game he had, six. Yeah, he had, like, six threes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he stopped kicking people in the nuts and, uh, you know, started actually <laughs> playing basketball, which was, was really great to see. But, yeah, LeBron's chasing on block, man. Yeah, I was in the building for that. It was fun. I covered that finals. Oh, yeah, you were that in was the a, building. That was, yeah. a, that was a terrible game. That was like, <laughs> okay, I, there was a lot right. of drama in the fourth. But that, if you go back and watch the fourth quarter, that was disgusting. Like, Steph and Clay, I think, were just throwing the ball around, a bunch of turnovers, yeah. and guys just couldn't score. But iconic moment, and obviously followed by Kyrie's shot, mm-hmm. and then Kevin Love tap dancing in front of Steph Curry guarding Yeah, him. I love how that's called the stop. Like, <laughs> the that's, stop. That's, come on, man. He, he moved his feet like Joel Anthony. <laughs> It was the stop, the shot, and the block. Like, this is the best moment in Cavaliers franchise history. This was, like, some of the most intense basketball I've ever seen. Like, it was ugly. I wouldn't call it terrible. Yeah, I'm just being a hater today. Cleveland, this is for you. Yeah, he had that scripted. All right, next up, I'm going to stick with the Bulls era for now. 97 NBA Finals. It was Chicago, Utah, their first time playing in the finals. The game is tied with under 10 seconds left. Carl Malone goes to the free throw line, has two free throws to put... Utah ahead, 75% free throw shooter during the regular season that year. Scottie Pippen walks up to him. The game was on Sunday, and he said, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. Mm. Malone misses both. <laughs> what a bar. MJ comes back on the other end and ices the game at the buzzer with, with a jumper just inside the three-point arc. And, uh, yeah, you know, I guess I'm picking all the moments, uh, all my Carl Malone slander moments. So that that's my moment. The mailman Damn. doesn't deliver on Sundays. Okay, on to... The third round, James Herbert. What's your next pick? You are okay, so <laughs> I'm going to pick 2014, the Spurs revenge yeah. on Miami. Oh, if I have to pick game. one game, it would be yeah. it would be game three if I had to pick one game. Oh, not the cramps? Um, when when LeBron in, got the cramps? It's 1-1. No, I think that was game one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is it's 1-1. It's, it's not clear yet that the Spurs are about to basically bury a super team. And they come out and drop 41 in the first quarter. They lead 71 to 50 at the half. Like This was just an onslaught. And it was also kind of the beginning of the 
Kawhi Leonard superstar story. Um, he in the previous finals had played incredible defense against LeBron. That was where that sort of meme came in, where LeBron reacts when he's at the free throw line and he notices that Kawhi is coming oh, back in. Yes. But but this game, Kawhi had 29 points, which now that's like a totally normal playoff game for Kawhi. At the time, he hadn't scored that many points since high school. Like he had 26 once in the NBA, twice in college. He comes out, he's making all these jumpers and Mike Breen is like giggling on the broadcast. Like what is happening here? Uh, Kawhi wasn't even 23 years old yet. Um, but obviously it wasn't just him. Like he had an incredible game, but this was a beautiful game. It was all the passing, it was all the movement. Uh, the Heat had played this defense where they were always kind of getting themselves in rotation and trying to make other teams uncomfortable. And the Spurs were just like one step ahead the entire way. And I thought, you know, that was their most convincing victory. But generally, like, that's kind of how the series was. Like, the Spurs were just on it. It was some of the best offensive basketball I think we've ever seen. It was just really, really fun to watch. And it was, like, just this, like, team that was clearly so much more than the sum of their parts. And by the way, like, the sum of the parts was, like, really good, too. <laughs> so um, I, I think everybody who kind of, watched that series remembers just how unstoppable they looked and just the fortitude to kind of come out after how the previous season ended and kind of, you know, slay those demons against that same team that enriched the sort of narrative aspect of it. But even if you you don't care about that, just the basketball is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, I still haven't seen a basketball team play that beautifully. Like I think the Warriors at times approached it, um, mm -hmm. but it felt very much like the, the peak Warriors teams would, like, have so much talent, they just overwhelmed you. They played great basketball, no no doubt. Um, whereas the Spurs, it kind of gave you that element of, like, okay, they're playing great basketball, but, like, how are they doing? How oh, is the, Marco Bellinelli this The way good? they were connected was like, just How is Boris Diaz ridiculous. this good? How is, like, Mana Ginobili dunking on... on I mean, you, you talk about age 36 performance with Al Horford. I mean, like, him dunking on Chris Bosh. Oof. Damn. You know, great moment. All right, Lord, yeah. All right um, for the, my next pick... <clears throat> Technically, since I've seen winning time now, I can claim this one. Goodness. Magic Johnson as a rookie, 1980. Kareem is out, 42 and 15. Yeah, just read it off Wikipedia, man. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I watched the highlights of this as well. Okay. All right. Game six uh, against the Sixers was guarding, I think, Dr. J as well. Mm. Um, 42 <laughs> and 15 as a rookie, though. Finals MVP. Yeah. Is that the most legendary rookie season ever? Yeah, he tipped off at center, right? And it's yeah. crazy. Back in the day, like, those games were on tape delay. Mm, yeah, you like, remember that. CBS, <laughs> I was watching Dukes of Hazard waiting for the game to come on at 1 a.m. No, that was a great, that, that was a, that was a great moment. I'm sorry, man. I can't believe you went into the 80s, man. Well, I mean, technically, I, I you oh, know. Oh, man. I, I, it is something I've All experienced right. in my lifetime. All right, we got to speed this now, up this a should have been... I mean, if this is eligible, this is an incredible pick because this is one it's, of the most important games in NBA it's history. Eligible. It's eligible. Yes. It's Will Show. All right, we got to speed this up a little bit. My last last pick of the third round. I'm going to go with uh, Allen Iverson stepping over Ty ah, Lue in the 2001 finals. Yep. That was his MVP season. And, you know, the Sixers ended up, that was the only game that they won in that series. That's the only game the, uh, the Lakers lost. Yeah, in that in that playoff. Because as yeah. I've as I've told you many times, Will uh, Shaq is the most dominant player that I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and yeah, no, that was just such an iconic uh, moment. You just talk about moments in in the finals, like that's one that gets brought up over and over again. So pretty self explanatory. All right, on to the fourth round. James Herbert, what's your pick? So 
I just picked the Spurs and you guys started talking about the Warriors. I think there's a reason for that. Like I'm going to pick the kind of Warriors coming out party from, from 2015. If it's one game, it's Steph game five where he hit like the hardest threes ever, like a couple of just insane ones with Delhi draped over him. Mm. Um, almost makes Delhi fall down. The, the, the Cavs are just grabbing him and holding him on every possession. They're doubling him, blitzing him, whatever. And he just goes nuts. It's probably his best um, finals performance in all of the the Warriors runs. Um, but beyond just that crazy game where he had like 37 and made Mike Breen yell bang and Oracle was going crazy. Like after they clinched the the championship, uh, Alvin Gentry uh, shouted out Mike D'Antoni and was yelling, tell Mike D'Antoni he's vindicated. And for someone like me, who not only loved the way that those Warriors played, but had, you know, as a kid, like rooted for every iteration of those Mike D'Antoni Phoenix Suns teams, mm, um, even yeah. that when it wasn't D'Antoni anymore, when it was Gentry coaching an older Nash and they had an incredible team too. Like that, that was super meaningful to me. And the whole point was like, they won the the way that the Suns did. They played super fast. They shared the ball. They shot a ton of threes um, and they empowered this great, this really talented point guard to kind of run the whole show and dominate like from that position. And like that, that team changed basketball, obviously like the league looks different now because of the Suns and the league now looks different because of those warriors as well. I mean, they started the death lineup for the last three games of that series. And that, that obviously changed the NBA. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a great series because Matthew Delvadova was very memorable at time. Remember when he almost fainted because he had drank like five coffees? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they pumped some IV yes. fluids in him. <laughs> yeah, like what was happening, man? I'm Honestly, people were doing anything possible to stop stuff, <laughs> just like they are today. But shout out to Matthew Delavadova. Um, all right, for my next pick, the fourth pick, I'm going to go with Ron Artest's uh, Artest three in game seven. Oh, yeah. 2010. Um, Kobe's doubled. This game, Kobe was like six. What was he, six of 24? Yeah, six it of was, 24. He struggled in this game, right? This is his fifth championship, his final one. Um, he's doubled. So he swings the ball over to Ron Artest, and Ron Artest is, like, looking straight at Paul Pierce, jab steps him. And you remember Ron Artest. He's, like, super stiff with his movements. Mm -hmm. You know, like the original OG in Anobi, basically? Like, super stiff with the way he moved, right? (laughs) And jab steps Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is like, you're not going to drive on me. But he's like, you're also not going to shoot this three. It's, like, one minute left in the game. And then Ron Artest is like, yeah, of course I'm going to shoot this three. And then he makes the three. It's not a game winner. It just it pushes the lead from three to six points with yep. a minute left. The, the Lakers are able to hold on and win. But I just remember this because for the post-game interview where Ron Artest was out there and talking to the reporters and he says, shout out to my therapist. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I can hear my ear. Kobe's telling me, don't shoot it, don't shoot it. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot it anyway. And then he, he won Kobe's <laughs> fifth championship there. This is going to be when Draymond hits a game-winning three in uh, game seven. Okay, he's going to say shout out to my producer, my he's podcast producer. <laughs> yeah, that's my, what he's going to say. <laughs> my Kobe fourth. passed me the ball. Kobe yeah. passed me the ball. That was uh, the yeah. best press conference in NBA history. No, like, that, that was crazy. one of the best. Uh, with my fourth pick, I'm going to go with J.R. Smith for getting the time on the clock. Oh, uh, yeah. 2018, <laughs> game one. Sick. And you know what? It's kind of a double pick. You know, LeBron, 51-8-8 eight and eight in that game. Yeah. Uh, arguably the best finals game that he's ever played. Yeah, uh, against that Wasted. super team. And also there was a little controversial call with under a minute left. I think there was a foul on KD that was reversed or something like that. There was a replay review. So the Cavs should have won that. But anyways, George Hill missed that free throw. JR yeah. got the ball. And, uh, you know, the, the rest is uh, the rest is history. All right, let's speed through fifth speed round. Uh, final pick, James, what do you have? I'm going to pick a recent one, 2020 Jimmy Butler. Game five, it's a lim- an elimination game. That's where that photo's from, where he's like yeah. bent over that video screen, absolutely exhausted. Uh, he drew two fouls late in that game. 
um, when he just had like nothing left. I don't know how he did it, but the, the whole game, like he finished with 35, 12 and 11 and five steals and the whole game. He's doing everything for that team. He is making all these contested shots. He's doing it like with LeBron guarding him with AD guarding him, whatever. Yeah. And maybe not even the best performance he had that series. He had a 40 point triple double earlier. Like the, the legend of playoff Jimmy has grown since then. Cause he just keeps doing it. But that was an elimination game. And he was just, I I've never seen, um, I shouldn't say I've never seen, but I was just blown away by like, the energy that it took for him to come through with that performance. Yeah, the best part is like there was nobody in the building for that. <laughs> yeah, Nobody's dis- able to like be like, hey, I remember the people who tapped this. in on Zoom, man. Come on. Oh, the Zoom fans? Yeah, the Zoom <laughs> fans. Actually, it was Microsoft. Nuts. It was Microsoft. Fans. Yeah, that's right. The Surface fans. Okay, uh, my, for my last pick, I don't care. This is called the Raptor Show. I'm taking Fred Van Vliet, 12 points, game yeah, six, fourth quarter uh, in Oakland to shut down Oracle. The Raptor, I mean, listen, Kawhi was struggling that game. Kawhi was struggling that game, okay? Kyle obviously had a hot start, you know, whatever. Pascal played great sort of throughout the game. But they needed someone to come in and close that game. And that was Fred VanVleet. 12 points in the fourth quarter. The scream captured by Keyshawn. Iconic photo. Iconic memories. It gives me shivers. I watched the highlights prior to starting the show. (laughs) And I screamed in the office. (laughs) Of course you did. I'm surprised it took that long for the the Raptors to to make the list. Because you you had to go back to the 80s. Uh, (laughs) Final pick. And he did that after like guarding Steph chasing around (laughs) all night. Yeah, that was weird. He was Delhi, but he was way better than Delhi at being Delhi. No, relax. Uh, We got a a minute left. I got to wrap up. I'm going to go with a moment that really crushed me in the childhood. Nick Anderson missing four free throws. With eight seconds left in game one, 95, Orlando Magic, the Shaq and Penny teams were my favorite teams growing up. In game one, they blew a 20-point lead. They were up three with 8.5 seconds left. Nick Anderson misses two free throws, gets his own rebound back, misses two more. (laughs) Kenny Smith hits a three to tie the game, send it to overtime. The Rockets sweep the Shaq and Penny Magic. And it actually affected Nick Anderson's career because like, he ended up, I think there were seasons when he ended up shooting like 40% from the free throw line. So, like, it actually, like, Damn. changed the trajectory of his career, and it messed me up as a child. So that's my final pick. Okay. All right. Well, This is the- your favorite? It's, my, it's a moment. It's a moment. <laughs> we're we're going to start from it. We're Thanks, James. Win. Yeah, James, appreciate you. That does it for us today. I'm your host, William Liu. And you've been listening to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Thanks again to my guest, James Herbert, my producer and co-host, Alex Wong, our board producer, Derek Bendale, and Jennifer Olnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. We'll talk to you tomorrow.